Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I was telling you about the Israel, the sin cycle. And I told you, here's where you want to take notes. I told you that there were seven of them. And here's how the cycle goes. The people are devoted to God. They delve into sin and become decadent. They are defeated. They all start with D. They are defeated by their enemies. They deplore their situation and repent. They are delivered by the judges. And the cycle repeats. Write it down. Devoted. Delve. Defeated. Deplore, deliver. And the cycle continues. Devoted, delve, slash decadent. Defeated, deplore, delivered. And the cycle continues. The people are devoted. They delve and become decadent. They're defeated by their enemies. They deplore their situation. They're delivered because God sends a savior or a judge. And, And over and over, and that happens seven times. Well, here in Samuel, the people have made a rotation through that sin cycle. And now they lament before God and they deplore their situation. Notice in verse three, it tells us that Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel saying, if you return, look at verse three, if you return to the Lord with half your heart, what does it say? All your heart, then put away the foreign gods and prepare your heart and serve God mostly. Only God will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. Somebody once said true lamentation will always bring reformation. True lamentation will always bring reformation. Component number one, if you want true revival, you got to clean up. Keep in mind, Samuel is a prophet and a godly, saintly character. Samuel changes the course of the entire nation, but he's not like Elijah calling down fire from heaven. And he's not like Isaiah giving us prophetic things relative to the future. And he's not doing miracles like Elisha. Samuel is a man who stands before God and prays and prophesies. And he says, if you really want victory over your enemies, then clean up your heart. Truly repent. Listen, if you're struggling with something here, is the pathway to victory. If you are struggling with something, here is, it doesn't matter. Gavin, this is a freebie for you for Beyond Addiction. If you're struggling with something, here's the pathway to victory. Verse 3, return to the Lord with all your heart. Listen, if you return with all your heart, no other gods can have any of your heart. Get rid of anything that rises up against your commitment to Christ. Are you listening? 
You've got to make up your mind that nothing's going to get in the way of your commitment to Christ. It's the only way to be, be a Christian and, and, and make it the long haul. And, 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 and succeed as a Christian and be strong as a Christian. You've got to make up in your mind and nothing's going to get away in the, in, in the middle of your commitment to Christ. Nothing rises up against your commitment. Put a filter on that computer. Cancel the Sports Illustrated magazine. Get rid of the apps. Fire the secretary. If she's too fine, she got to go. Hallelujah. Say amen. <laughs> Sorry, sweetie. You got to go. You look too nice. I got fired because I was too pretty. That's right. Let the lady say amen. I'm just trying to help you. That's all. I'm trying to help you. Nothing should rise up against your commitment to Christ. Samuel is calling for absolute undivided loyalty and devotion to God. Return with all your hearts. Everything must change. Don't hold on to secret sins. Turn with all your heart. If you return with all your heart, then everybody will know it because the outward things will change. You'll put away the foreign gods and the Ashereths and the Baals in verse 4. They put away Baal. Baal was a major male Canaanite deity. Baal was the god of the intellect and the god of prosperity. He was the God who would bring them success and material gain. They would have put away Baal, not only Baal, but they needed to put away the, the Ashereth. She was the oldest and the wisest female goddess. Ashereth was worshipped in every culture in the ancient world. She was known as Ashtart in the Greek culture, Ashtar in the Babylonian culture, Venus in the Roman culture. She was the goddess of sexuality and pleasure. Today, she's a perfect picture of pornography, which plagues people in the world and in the church. The Bible has a lot to say about idol worship, and it's all bad. Don't do it. God doesn't tell us not to do it because God's a cosmic killjoy. Say amen. amen. God tells us not to worship idols because he knows what idol worship will do to you. The gods of this world will draw you away from the true and the living God and draw you into sin. And the thing that you said you would never do, you will do. Somebody need to say amen. And one thing that's true about sin, it doesn't want to let you go. I say it all the time, don't I? Sin will take you further than you want to go. You'll pay more than you want to pay. And you'll stay longer than you want to stay. You know that. Because sin entangles. Worship of false gods will snare you and entangle you. God says if you serve false gods, you will also become like them. What are you talking about, Pastor? Psalm 115, verses 2 through 8. I have it for you on the screen. Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? But our God is where, saints? In heaven. And he what? Does whatever he pleases. That's the definition of sovereignty. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they don't speak. Eyes they have, but they don't see. They've got ears, but they don't hear. Noses they have, but they can't smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. And feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. And those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. It's as simple as this. You will become like the thing you worship. I've said that a thousand times, haven't I? 
If you worship Jesus, you'll become like Jesus. Somebody need to be listening. If you worship Jesus, you'll become like Jesus. If you worship Britney Spears, you'll become crazy like with Britney Spears. Say amen. You worship Justin Bieber, you're going to become like Justin Bieber. Look, just because I'm a pastor don't mean my head's in the sand. I, I know who's out there. Some of y'all are like, Justin Bieber, I don't even know who he is. Who is he? Hmm. You worship Jay-Z, you're going to become like Jay-Z. Who's somebody else? <laughs> Whoever they are, you're going to become like them. If you worship your animal, you're going to start looking like your animal. <laughs> <laughs> we've seen that have you seen them like one show you said like one picture they have like people like look, look like they're animals or whatever and so they show this one lady and she she she, she had a poodle and and she looked like a poodle she really did <laughs> she had her hair cut like a poodle it was kind of crazy and um you know if you're focusing on jesus you worship jesus Start looking like Jesus. Get this. You even start smelling like Jesus. What are you talking about, Willis? There you go. 2 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16. Matter of fact, keep your finger here. Come on, y'all. Turn with me real quick. Come on. 2 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16. 2 Corinthians 2, 15. Keep your finger in Sammy. We're coming right back. 2 Corinthians 2, right after 1 Corinthians, amen, right, going to Galatians, you're going too far, 2 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16, for we, oh, I love verse 14, I actually love verse 13. Okay, look at verse, I love verse, I love verse, I love verse 14. Look at verse 14. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? So here, Paul tells us, when you're walking with Christ and serving the Lord and loving the Lord and seeking to do what is right, it's a conviction to those who aren't. Your life becomes one big conviction to them. Why? Because you smell like Jesus. Why? Because you've been worshiping Jesus. You look and smell like the thing you worship. Don't worship pagan gods because you will become like them. The pagans make their gods. Their gods do not make them. They carry their gods. Their gods do not carry them. They protect their gods. Their gods do not protect them. They sacrifice to their gods. Their gods do not sacrifice for them. On the other hand, our God made us, carries us, protects us, and sacrificed himself for us. So, 
Return to the Lord with all your heart and put away the foreign gods. In verse three, prepare your heart for the Lord. That means make everything right again and bring it into right position. Prepare your heart for the Lord means make everything right again and bring everything in the right position. Serve him only. Doesn't this simplify everything? If you return with all your heart and put away the foreign gods and prepare your heart and serve him only, he will give you victory. Point number two in our outline, we need to not only clean up, but look up. We just read that in verse 6 through 10. So after they cleaned up all their gods, then, and look in verse 6, then they gathered at Mizbah. Mizbah means watchtower. Obviously a very high location. At Mizbah, they drew water and they poured it out before the Lord. Now listen, There's no big deal to us. Water, this is no big deal to us because we use water all the time. We get it from the fountain. We grab a water bottle. We fill up our camel back. In Israel, water was a valuable commodity. You didn't just pour your water out. This pouring of water was a symbolic gesture of repentance. Psalm 62, 8. Trust the Lord and pour out your heart before him. Lamentations 2, 19. Pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. When you poured water on the ground, it was an irreversible process. It's impossible to retrieve water that you poured out on the ground. It's gone. So Israel is pouring out their hearts before God and they're saying, God, we realize that we are prone to wander and leave the God I love. And we stand before you pouring out this water, which is valuable to us and we'll never be able to retrieve it. And by doing this, Lord, we are saying we'll give you our hearts and never take them back. I love the symbolism there. Israel came to Mizbah, look at verse 7, for worship, not war. The Philistines heard that they were at Mizbah and maybe they thought now we can get them because maybe the Philistines were ticked off by this point. Because keep in mind, Samuel had already made havoc of Philistine territory. By this time, Sam, Samson, pardon me, had made havoc. Samson had burned some fields of the Philistines. He brought down the temple of Dagon and it fell with 3,000 Philistines under it, in it. Samson had taken down more people in his death than in his life. So the Philistines are probably thinking we got them up on a hill. Keep in mind, Israel, they're worshipers, not warriors. They didn't bring any weapons with them to Mizpah. The Philistines came to fight. They brought their weapons, cannons, M16s, Glocks, I don't know, whatever. We don't know when that stuff was invented. I don't know nothing about guns. Israel is scared and afraid. Remember the last time Israel was, watch this, y'all, you're going to love this. Remember the last time Israel was afraid? They said, let's get the ark. They thought if they got the ark, it would be a good luck charm. Remember that? Like a rabbit's foot. This time in verse 8, they're afraid and they say, Prophet Sammy, if you wouldn't mind, now might be a good time to pray. Not only that, but don't stop praying for us now. And they look up to God. Before they looked to the ark of God. Now, rightly, they're looking to the God of the ark. And don't miss this. 
Israel's at a place where they're getting their lives and their hearts right with God in this chapter. And as they're getting their hearts right with God, they're also getting a fight from the devil. Have you noticed when you're doing something great for God, maybe in something in your life, Satan is there to battle you tooth and nail. Who knows what I'm talking about? Can't get a witness in the house. Yeah. Battle you tooth and nail. Somebody once said, right after restoration comes confrontation. Right after blessings come blastings. Matthew chapter 3, you know the story. Jesus had just been baptized. We hear a voice come from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And then in Matthew chapter 4, the very next chapter, Jesus is driven into the wilderness to do battle with Satan. Even Jesus, after great blessings, was blastings. Satan never has a good day. Did you know that? He never says, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll leave Pastor Nelson alone today. I think I'll leave Pastor Matt alone today. Yeah, but I had a tough week. I'm going to just leave him alone. Satan will drive it in. Keep going. Am I right about it? He never backs off. He never says, you know, I think I'll back off of Calvary Chapel for a while. I'll just give him a break. Never. I always say there's something always going on in ministry. And when stuff is quiet, I usually say, all right, something's going on. It's too quiet. Something's got to be going on. It's church. There's always something going on. Because I'm wise enough to know that Satan's always trying to wreak havoc. And that keeps me on my knees, on my face before God. Somebody need to say amen. That's where you need to be. Notice in verse 9, it tells us that Samuel took a lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering. Now, why did Samuel take the time to sacrifice? Because Samuel understood, write it down. Acceptable prayer is based on blood. Hmm? Acceptable prayer is based on blood. The only way to effectively pray is through the blood of the lamb. Think about it. This poor suckling baby lamb who never hurt anyone, who never sinned itself, had its throat slit and blood poured out and body cut up and carcass burned. Why? Because Samuel and the people are saying, this is what we deserve. This is the punishment that should come upon us. I think of John 1, 29. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's through the shed blood of Jesus that we get victory over our enemies. Revelation chapter 12 tells us they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. Are you listening? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Samuel is offering, in verse 10, look at it. He's offering up burnt offerings. The Philistines drew near to battle, but the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines, and it confused them, and they were overcome by Israel. They were defeated by Israel. Okay, here's a parallel story for you. Judges chapter 6. Read that like in your own time. It's really a good story. Where Gideon defeats the Midianites. Why? Because God caused confusion. God will use confusion against his enemy to get victory. That's what he did here. That's what he did in Judges. That's what he did in 1973 in the war in Yom Kippur. Over and over, it's really interesting. We don't have time to talk much, much at night. But get the scene. They're at the top of the hill. 
Mizpah. Sacrificing and worshiping God. There's a fire blazing. Get this in your head. There's a fire blazing from the hill, which the Philistines could see a mile away. The Philistines drew near and Samuel is cool. Samuel's just sacrificing. Israel is freaking out, probably wondering why Samuel's not freaking out. And the Philistines drew near, but the Lord thundered with a thunder. The thunder confused the Philistines and so confused them that they were overcome by Israel. Note this, Israel is trembling, Samuel is praying, the Lord is listening. Israel is trembling, Samuel is praying, and the Lord is listening. And the thunder is interesting because one of the elements of Baal was lightning and thunder. God says, really? I'll thunder. (laughs) And my thunder will be better than his thunder. I'm trying to think of something else. (laughs) I like what King Jimmy says in verse 10. It says... uh, uh, in verse 10, King Jimmy, some of y'all reading King Jimmy. Anybody reading King Jimmy? Just raise your hand if you're reading King Jimmy. All right, and, and, and in King Jimmy, the last verse says, and the Lord disconfitted them. Am I right about it? The Lord disconfitted them. I love that word. And I love that word, especially when it's happening to the enemy. <laughs> it means embarrassed, distressed, unsettled, inept. I told you it's a good word for your enemy. So Samuel is worshiping God, is working. Look up. Say amen. Amen. Clean up. Say amen. amen. Lastly, set up. Verse 12 through 17. We just read it. Look at verse 11. Notice their courage is back now. Israel runs the Philistines down till they get to Bethkar. You taking notes? Bethkar means house of the lamb. The day of victory began with the sacrifice of a lamb, and the day ended at the house of the lamb, Bethkar. Victory always starts with the lamb, Jesus, and comes to completion in the lamb. Think about it. Our victory started at Calvary with the lamb of God and will end in heaven. Everyone singing, worthy is the lamb. So the people are feeling courageous and they chase the Philistines. Samuel took a stone in verse 12 and set it up between Mizbah and Shem. And he called the name of the place Ebenezer. Now chapter 4 verse 1, Israel encamped beside Ebenezer and they were defeated at Ebenezer. Now this is the same place that God gives them victory. Ebenezer, if you're taking notes, it means thus far the Lord has helped us. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. I'm reminded of Psalm 46.1. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in a time of trouble. That word trouble literally means in a tight spot. We used to say that in Philly. We used to say, man, I'm in a tight. I'm in a tight. I mean, I'm in a tight spot. I'm in a place, a bad place. I'm in a a little predicament. I'm in a tight spot. The Lord is a very present help in a time of trouble. I heard this story about this little boy who asked his teacher in Sunday school to define a lie. And the boy thought for a moment, he said, a lie is an abomination to God and a very present help in a time of trouble. (laughs) Israel was in a tight 
and the Lord helped them and set up an Ebenezer. An Ebenezer is a victory marker. An Ebenezer is a sign of remembrance. God has always set up a victory marker for his people. I think of Noah. The rainbow. Do you know that was an Ebenezer? The rainbow was an Ebenezer. It was a victory marker. Never will there be a flood again. The Passover feast is an Ebenezer. As a reminder of Israel's deliverance from from Egypt, uh, two tablets of stone to remind them of all of the laws of God, the tabernacle, the ark, the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, all of these visible reminders of God, uh, ever-present help are Ebenezer's. Joshua chapter 4, 12 men were to take 12 stones as they crossed the Jordan. You know the story. And they were to set up a memorial or a heap of stones in the Jordan River. And the reason they were to make a memorial was for the kids. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.